Welcome to Cash Considerations, the podcast that takes you behind the Las Vegas Sportsbook from the guys that actually work behind it. With your hosts, Alan Berg, Dave Sharapan, and Matoy Pearson. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a special pay-per-view edition of Cash Considerations live from Rio de Janeiro. We have a main event about to get underway. And as always, I'm joined with my play-by-play guy, Dave Schrerpan. Uh We're just about ready for the ring walk, so let's take you there without any further ado. to say david griffin looks in fantastic condition coming back from his early retirement uh he left the game undefeated as the cash consideration champion and uh it is now time for the reigning champion lord mo to make his ring walk to say big dave both guys look like they're in tremendous condition it sure looks like a pick em on paper can you give us a little bit on the tail of the tape between these two adversaries tonight oh my goodness ab we are in store for a huge matchup here okay first we have the return of the mac the return of d griff coming back to the cash considerations podcast the man unceremoniously left us back in november much to the chagrin of all the loyal cash consideration fans who were making all kind of do re me fading his plays. But in his last show, as all of us were talking about NCAA hoops, he did say, watch out for Nevada basketball. They're going to win the Mountain West and make a run in March. They are a top 20 team. We laughed. We said, maybe, okay, Griff, here we go. Now, the Wolfpack, with that historic comeback yesterday, they set it all up for our man D. Griff to come in and tell us why they are going to the Final Four. (laughs) But then, you know, on the other side of the ring, in the spirit of sports and the next man up mentality, the Cash Considerations podcast welcomed Lord Moe to the show. The kid came in, young and up and coming. He's an action freak. He stepped right in. He gives us complete information, sides, totals, opinions, anything and everything. And this guy, we can't forget, he's been talking about his stuff, keeping things clean, and, you know, they'll be ready to roll and talking about maxion. 
He did give us Loyola Chicago both in round one, and he told us live on the air back in February this team was going to get to the Sweet 16. I can't think of a better matchup. Now these two teams are playing in the tournament, and we brought them both here to have that battle. Well, they've been calling it the Ramble in the Silver State, and we're just about to get ready, and we're going to throw it to Bruce Buffer, who's going to announce the fight. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. And now, senores y senores do Brazil and UFC fans watching around the world, live from the Soda. HSBC Arena in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. It's time! D. Griff, go ahead and lead us off. Man, first let me just start off by saying I am so hyped to be back in this bad boy, to be back in the ring, and to be back throwing punches. And then can I get a wolf pack? Wolfpack stand up. <laughs> I just got to say right off the top, like you guys introduced, man, I went to Nevada, and I've been hyping these boys up all year, and I've been telling y'all not to sleep on them. They're a top 20 team in the nation, and now we're here to the final 16, and look where we're at. And the one thing I'm going to tell you that's going to get us over the top and what has dominated for us so far is our guard play. We have two twin brothers, Caleb and Cody Martin, who dominate – up who dominate in the backcourt technically and the funny thing about it is before their point guard got injured a few games before the end of the season both of these guys played forward positions now they've been forced into the guard position and they're dominating they're dominating these smaller guys and as we all know guard play dominates in the NCAA tournament just like Kimba did it just like Shabazz Napier did it it was Joel Berry last year and I'm giving you two for the price of one this year Cody and Caleb Martin That's a pretty strong opening right there. That's a pretty strong opening. Uh, Real quick, I'm going to just throw you one question. Were they dominating when they were down 22 to Cincinnati? They look good. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. See, it's perfect, though. I love these. I'm I'm going to take a nice little boxing analogy, and they rope a dope. What they like to do, even though they were taking some early punches right right to the chin, what they like to do is they like to coast them and feel themselves out throughout a fight and then wait to the end. Now, mostly that's because they only go six deep in their rotation. Literally, Cody Martin and the power, well, I like to call him the no power forward, uh, Caroline, (laughs) because he's like 6'6", and he's soft. But neither one of them came out of the game. They both played 40 minutes. The other uh, Martin brother played 37 minutes. They only brought one guy off the bench. So they have a really, really short rotation because they've had two guys get hurt this year. So they really like to, like, play slow in the game and kind of coast so that they can save themselves so late in the game they can do they can bring the madness it's march madness they bring the madness late in the game they did it against texas and they did it against cincinnati and they're going to do it all over the ramblers perfect cue in for the for the other guy where's lord mo well, no, I'm, I, was, I was basically in. I was basically in a clinch right now, so my man is throwing wild, man. But I, I break him up, break him up. I felt a little up. better until he started throwing those jabs at me, man. He came at me with some pretty good information, man. <laughs> uh, 
unfortunate it has to be against Griff, my guy. Uh, right. But yeah, you know, uh, you know, the Wolfpack are a bunch of jokes, man. I'm just, I'm not just saying that because I like you and a beer or anything. I'll probably come out right there with a something short, something short there. But uh, you know, I'll I'll, uh, I'll actually talk about a team that knows how to control pace and uh, actually defends for once in a while. Uh, but the 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 Ramblers, who are actually also wolves, that's their mascot. It's kind of a wolf on wolf. I was wondering what a rambler was. I really was. Right. No. Yeah. It's unfortunate that they went with rambler. I'm pretty sure. What is that like a baby wolf? Is that like a baby wolf that is not good enough to make it into the pack? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, anything to build your psyche, my man. It rambles by itself because it it can't get enough of them together. Yeah, it's just it's just rambling on the winds right now, Mr. Griff. Let me explain something. <laughs> Look, <laughs> no, it's funny. Wichita State just left the Missouri Valley because they seen loyal on their way up. They had to get out. They didn't want to be shut down or closed out. They had to get to the American because they knew Loyola was the new up and coming team, uh, which it's already been like that, man. And uh, a lot of teams I know uh, have been scared, especially in that conference, because not only have they always been defending, uh, but now they can finally score through a couple guards that they have. Uh, through Clayton Custer and Dante Ingram, uh, who, you know, half of the world probably doesn't know, uh, but they'll figure it out after a big one here against the Wolfpack. No, yeah, it's a, uh, I respect the Wolfpack. Obviously we're all in, uh, in Vegas and, uh, you know, it's, it's big mountain West basketball down here, unfortunately at the time being, but yeah, no, I'm, I, I respect the Martin, uh, the Martin twins and, uh, muscle, uh, uh, Musselman's uh, F bombs as well. I know he's a pretty uh, animated coach. I'm an animated person myself. So, those are big wins, man. I watched basically that whole Cincy game, and I tried to not throw up. I couldn't believe that Nevada came back. Okay, Dave, end, end, end around one, end around one. All right, Big Dave, they're going to the corners now. Going to reset things. Uh, go ahead here at the start of round two. Hit these guys with a question. All right, we'll go to Mo first because if we're scoring the round, if I'm Howard Letterman in the corner, I give that one a 10-9 round to D. Griff. Came out hot. Fired some jabs. I think he controlled the round. So we'll go to Mo first. Mo, Loyola plays kind of slow. Both games barely made the 60s. Nevada, complete opposite. First game, 87-83 over Texas. Second game, 75-73. And, of course, like Griff said, they played it slow in the beginning because they don't go deep. What are we looking for out of Loyola that's going to be able to – allow them to control the pace in addition to their interior defense uh more more of the same uh more of the same what they did with tennessee especially tennessee who has a great uh perimeter offense as well uh but just kind of you know not getting ahead of themselves uh getting in the paint kind of controlling their uh their own tempo offensively uh so they don't get on a so they get the nevada gets out and they're very um uh possession s team they can get out and run and score on you so i think loyal is doing a pretty good job of uh taking a uh, high percentage shots, very efficient on offense. I mean, even something like that, even if they're up uh, in the uh, early in the half, like um, you know, Nevada's been down in the last couple games. I think Loyola can uh, even control it a little bit better with confidence going into the half with the way they uh, control the tempo. So, are you saying from a number standpoint, the line right now is Nevada minus one and a half. The totals one forty three and a half. Um, you're looking under initially for this game sure sure yeah i i mean you see right now uh the ramblers scored a 60 around the 662 63 in their first couple games and uh you know if the nevada wants to stay in it if they're going to be hitting those threes it's going to be rough for the ramblers to score as much uh but for me i think uh, the defense they've been playing on the perimeter has been so good 
um, under seems pretty well if the Ramblers want to get that win. All right, Griff, I'm going to go to you now. Um, the Missouri Valley Conference, I don't even know who else is in there with Loyola, but I'm going <laughs> to say I'm going to just say that uh, maybe they're not as battle tested. Now, not that the Mountain West is a battleground, but right. Nevada has played. It's not, but Nevada has played what I would consider probably better competition. Yes or no? Yes, for sure. And I'm glad that you brought up the conferences because actually Nevada, I believe, is going to have an ace in the hole. Most conferences, like the Mountain West Conference, the farther Nevada goes, the more money the conference is going to get itself, right? So if you're a coach in that same conference, it would benefit you the further Nevada goes. Well, luckily for Eric Musselman, Boise State played Loyola this year, and Boise State put a beat down. On Loyola, so I'm sure he's on the hotline bling right now with Coach Rice of uh, Boise State, getting out all the tips, figuring out all the back doors and everything that they were able to take advantage of in that game. So I think, <clears throat> I really think that uh, Nevada. I'm, I'm actually on the opposite side when it comes to the total. I think it's probably going to be an over game because I believe Nevada is going to want to come out and actually punch first in this game. They kind of talked about it in the post game that they're they're tired of starting from behind. And even though it's like, again, like I said, it's they like to fill games out and they don't want to tire themselves out too quickly. I think in this game, since they have the this is going to be guard versus guard, strength versus strength. I think they're going to try to overwhelm them quickly. And I think they're going to use their uh, more athletic big men to try to get out and run up and down the court. So I actually expect Nevada to come out quick and try to try to build a nice little lead and then kind of coast. Trying to just get it to like eight, nine, ten and see if they can just hold it there for the rest of the game. There you go. That's that's the actual angle on this game for all the listeners looking to make a play. If you like Nevada, you got to like the over. If you like Loyola, I think you got to like the under. Good cases made on both of those. Al, I'll defer to you here. Any interjection? Well, I got to say, uh, I also gave Griff round one, but I, I don't know if something about round two there from Mo pushed him over the edge for me. I like the angle. It got Griff a lot of points, but I, I felt like uh, in the late round, he kind of faded off a little bit on me there. But uh, we got round three, the last round here, and uh, I'm going to just kind of give these guys the floor. Um, I'm going to say, uh, let's see, we'll give Lord Mo the first crack here since Griff went first last time. And, uh, your best case for the people to bet Loyola Chicago in 30 seconds, and then I'll cut you off. So go ahead, big Mo or Lord Mo, excuse me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sister Jean's still living, man. She's still playing it in. <laughs> I got, I had to use it. I had to use it, man. This is basically my lo- my long uppercut coming. I didn't know if you see it coming. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Sister Jean seen it. She's drawing up plays in the locker room, uh, and then she she's putting guys in position to get better shots. Uh, but in, in all seriousness, uh, they brought a lot of in, uh, intensity, uh, especially dominating uh, dominating all throughout the Missouri Valley Conference, which nobody on the show knows any of the teams, unfortunately. Uh, other than that, yeah, I, I think uh, just you know what's been going on with Loyola, the magic. I think it should uh, carry them to a win coming up. All right, Griff, you're up. <laughs> Again, just to kind of echo what I said, I just feel like Nevada is really going to come out and punch first. And I think that's something that Loyola hasn't really dealt with. Um, I think they're going to come out, punch them in the face, and then uh, try to just stay on top of them the entire game. And I think they're really going to take some notes of what Boise State was able to do to them, kind of get out. Boise State thought, 
almost 60% from the field in that game. And it was because they got a lot of easy shots, a lot of stuff going to the basket. I think that's exactly what Nevada is going to do. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but Eric Musselman's wife, she's black, and she has a they have a beautiful hey. daughter. Oh, no. <laughs> Who brought the race? All right. Nope. Hey. Okay. I, I, we, oh, I'm going oh, with oh, Hold on, hold on. Hey, I thought it bought a daughter. Who who does wonderful in game uh, commentary for the for CBS? I love it all. It's a beautiful story for them. That team they're doing it for uh, Lindsey Drew. Okay, a guy thirty who seconds is up. Keys. Thirty seconds is up. Bell oh, rang. No, all right. Hey, dang, hold dang. on, hold on, hold on. Ref's getting control of this thing. All right, you guys get to your corners. I just want to let all the viewers and listeners know to this fight that was an accidental headbutt by Griff. So the cut on those is not a punch. So, unfortunately, we have to go to the scorecards oh, now. Man. So, here oh, we are. Man. Nevada versus Loyola Chicago. Big Dave, who won this fight? Wow. I mean, we pulled out all the stops. They felt each other out in round one, and we gave this, the decision in the round there to Griff. Mo bounced back in round two, came with some good stuff. And then, man, the haymakers were thrown. We went to Sister Jean and God being on Loyola's side. And then we went to the race card, and the and uh, Griff using that for Nevada. My goodness, what a hard fight to judge! But I'm going to side slightly in a close decision with Nevada. In this there court. we go. Nevada wins it. The return of Griff, he gets it done barely. Whoa! Well, you know, it was funny. Oh, it was funny going into the final round. I uh, I thought Mo landed that huge punch to begin the round, and the crowd got riled. And uh, and then Griff kind of came back a little bit towards the end of the round. He landed some good punches. I liked the the sixty percent stat. I thought it was a great body shot that hurt Mo. But then when he, I mean, he, he threw. I mean, listen, the ref said it was an accidental headbutt. We all know that was an intentional headbutt. So no, for me, I think I think Lord Mo <laughs> takes this one. So I think we're gonna have to go to the cash considerations Twitter to decide who won this fight. So you folks will have to vote for us, please. Tell us who won, Lord Mo or D Griff in his triumphant return, and we'll find out who everybody thought did better. But welcome back, Griff. It was great to have you. We thought we'd do something a little hey, crazy. Hey, Griff, it's all love, man. It's all love, man. It's all right love, but I knew that it was rigged from the beginning. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, they needed the judges from the pack. No, they needed. They needed. They needed it to go to the poll. They needed to go to the Twitter poll. It had to be done. It was in the contract. I read it. No, I seen it. All right, you had to come out. You had to come. Hey, you had to come out and criticize my decision, and I hear cups and glasses and all kinds of doors opening in the background here in round two. So, hey, man, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, my trainer, yeah, something, something's up with that guy. Uh, he's just going right, to the, going right to the fridge on me. But no, seriously, though, I do think not only just talking about this game, I think Nevada has a serious chance to win it all because of their guard play. I think those two twins can really do something special. They just know each other so well, and they play so well late. They remind You know who they remind me of? They remind me of the twins that played for Kentucky, Andrew and Aaron Harrison. Oh, the Harrison bros. Mm. Almost went undefeated all the oh, way Oh, that would have won them the fight, man. Yeah. They did, they did <laughs> lose right before uh, they lost in the Final Four to Wisconsin that year because they, play they played a lot of hero ball. And actually, the Martin Twins do that a lot also late. But the difference with this team is Nevada wants them to do it. Back then, Kentucky really didn't want it because they had so much talent. I mean, they had Carl Anthony Towns, Willie Cauley-Stein. They had uh, 
uh, Booker coming off the bench. So when they played Hero Ball, it really hurt that Kentucky team. Nevada wants that because they don't have scores and they have such a short rotation. They really just say, hey, here's the ball. Go get us buckets. And they can't. You know who defends real well? San Diego State. And the last time San Diego State played Nevada, they won by 30. So right now, in, in reality, we have some fireworks. If, if oh, we got to separate them in between in the ring after this decision. They're we're, fired up. Know, right? And we're if we're bringing up old games like Boise State that happened like 400 games ago, I'll bring up a game that was literally like five games ago in the Mountain West tourney. So I think it actually helped Nevada because they kind of burned, like you know, put some fire in their soul. But Loyola, no one knows about him. So it's 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 good for him to, for no one to know. I'm happy that no one knows. They're ready to rock. If they lose by 20, though, I didn't say any of this. Most, most definitely, I'll get this deleted. <laughs> hey, Griff, Griff, this will be deleted. The only people I know is us four. If no one listens to it, so yeah, so that's yep. really it. Yep. <laughs> oh. Really, and actually, I'm just biased. I can't. Man, it's hard to watch UNR win. Obviously, when the Rebels are down, personally. Um, but, you know, yeah, that was a big win against Cincy, man. I watched the whole thing. It was, you know, definitely incredible. I was glad to watch, like, history happen. So, uh, big ups to the Wolf Pack. Yeah. Uh, it was really good to be in the sports book at the time, too, because our entire sports book crowd was full of Cincinnati fans. Oh, yeah, and perfect. When, I'll sign you on that. And when they were up by 22, I almost took it off the screen. I literally <laughs> were clapping and going crazy. And if it, it would have got to 25, I was taking it off. Hey, there's a lot of people that spent that money already. Yeah. <laughs> oh, most definitely. Yeah, they were ordering up. They were making dinner reservations. We're all having steak. We're all having <laughs> drinks. We're up 22, baby. Let's go. We're going to the steakhouse tonight. Forget Sizzler. Oh, it was ugly. <laughs> but me, oh, allow beautiful. me, if I may, to ask Alan a question. Alan, you can't tell me you don't love college basketball in this kind of madness when you have games where guys are coming back from 10 down within, like, the last three minutes of the game, and it's coming down to one crazy shot, like the Michigan game, the Loyola game, the Nevada game. Like, this is, this is exciting. This is what basketball is about, right? I love this question. I love this question. Alan, go, please. We're all waiting. Wait, what happened? <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, oh, no. No. Oh. Listen, listen, oh. here's the thing, okay? Um, if you're walking down the street, and there's a couple of people like, you know, in a crowd and they're raising their arms and going nuts. And you're like, wow, what's all the commotion? And you walk over there and there's these two roosters that are just fighting and cash is flying around. You're like, okay, this is kind of <laughs> interesting. But that doesn't make it good. Listen, the, the, oh. the Cincinnati game alone was a disgrace. They blew Time a 22-point lead because they, they, they just didn't know what to do with the lead. It was horrendous. Like it, it's just it doesn't do it for me. I, I look at a team like Villanova and like I'm like these guys are like eighty times better than half of the teams I watched this week. I mean it's it's ridiculous. He so would you say that college basketball to roosters? <laughs> <laughs> Man, Griff, don't even Griff, don't even do a rebuttal. This is insane. He's comparing hoops, college hoops to roosters. Well, what is I mean, happening? You know, it's down a level from, you know, the main stuff that people watch people fight. I don't know. What do you want me to say? Well, uh, yeah, roosters are fine. Okay, I apologize. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 Griff, Griff, you're on, man. My bad. <laughs> oh, you're good. 
I was just going to ask, like you you mentioned Villanova, and they look like the best team in comparison to everybody who's been left over. Who would you guys say is the perennial favorite? Obviously, the books have Villanova favorite, but I wouldn't call Villanova a favorite just quite yet. I actually like Duke because on that side of the bracket, if I was going to pick, they're the second favorite odds. Alan, who would you say? Would you say Villanova is your, your perennial favorite? Well, I had um, I had Villanova and Duke in the Final Four with uh, uh, Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. And so three of my four are still alive. I put Virginia in there because I never thought in a million years that they were that bad. But apparently they were. Um, which also makes me wonder if Duke's really any good because I think every ACC team at this point other than Clemson, who got to play one of the worst teams I've ever seen, Auburn, play. Um, so I, I question whether or not the ACC is any good at all after after the debacles that I've been watching. Um, oh, yeah, I don't man. know. I mean, I, I, I had Gonzaga winning it all. I just felt like they it's a fire thing for them. Um, but they might have, like, the toughest road is the problem. All right, what about you, Mo? What do you think? Who's your who's your favorite right now? My the one that I actually uh, did a contest, a, an actual contest, uh, as far as my final four, it was a uh, Villanova, Kansas, Arizona, and Michigan. But the first one I filled out, uh, you can cut that stuff off about Arizona. I said, and the the <laughs> first one I did was uh, Loyola, Michigan, Villanova, and Kansas, and that one is literally alive and kicking. Uh, that was kind of just a play on it because I just you know barely did it. But I, for me, I think Villanova's the best team. I know Duke has Bagley and he's playing probably his best ball in the last couple games, especially against Rhode Island. He uh, showed every uh, facet of his game and it was uh, impressive, mostly to the public. Um, I still, I still, I'm still going to go with Michigan. They literally played their worst game um, against Houston and you know came out with a big win from with that shot from Poole. Uh, they got a big game uh, where they're favored by three against Texas A&M. They'll probably end up seeing the Zags. Uh, possibly Kentucky, Psych, Loyola, and then they'll end up playing Duke <laughs> or Kansas. So um, I'm still going to go with Michigan. I think a, 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 a shot like that, a win like that, where you're literally not supposed to win, uh, can kind of catapult you, um, you know, to, into playing better basketball. And Houston didn't really score that much when they could have smoked them. Uh, Michigan's definitely a team to watch out, especially with the tough road they have ahead of them. All right, and throw to you lastly, Dave. Well... I mean, just looking at it from a number standpoint, which I try to do uh, more often than not. All right. Favorites were 36 and 16 against the spread this week. Or no, 36 and 16 straight up. But the spread was 25, 26 and one. So the lines were right. I mean, we got it right almost split down the middle as far as uh, the numbers. Looking at this round's games, every number's five and a half or less except the Duke game. They're finally... Somebody's going to knock Syracuse out of this thing. Nobody wanted them in. All they did was win the play-in game and then win two more games. So now, I don't know, going forward, I still like Villanova. I did have them coming out of the east. The the south, at this point, if you still have a team available, it's probably Kentucky, unless you're Mo, who had Loyola, (laughs) or you're you, who had Nevada. Now, either one of those teams wins the game. They can beat Kentucky. There's Thank no you. doubt about it. That, that, that's not like – I mean, people were already punching Kentucky's ticket to the Final Four, and everybody's got to slow their roll a little bit. Down in the West, out in L.A. at the Staples Center, I don't know. The way Texas A&M took care of North Carolina, they're live against Michigan. Now, all full disclosure, we're all rooting for Michigan. 
Lord Moe is holding a 150 to one ticket on Michigan. We'll we are party. rooting. Yeah, we Ca- are rooting cash, for Go Blue. Cash considerations will party. It's going to be a big time <laughs> night, let alone going forward if Michigan wins. So I'm rooting for them. But the Zags present matchup problems. And like you just said about guard play wins, Gonzaga's got those monsters inside that they're very hard to match up against. So I like the Zags there, hoping if it's Michigan that Michigan can beat them. And I don't know, Texas Tech or Purdue, if if Villanova gets by West Virginia, who, like Al said, is the best-looking team, the most consistent team all season, the only team left out of the Big East, they got to beat West Virginia. And hello, West Virginia is no joke. The press, Huggy Bear, those guys believe they can win that game too. I think it's wide open. I really do. But if I got to pick somebody to win it all right now, I'll ride the chalk, Villanova or Duke. I love it. I can't argue with any of those points right there. I hate I all like of that. it. Yeah, no. <laughs> couldn't, I couldn't get there quick enough. I could not get there quick enough before Alan just this man sledgehammer. Thank you, Alan. Oh, Thanks, no man. problem. No problem. <laughs> so we got everybody's picks in then, yeah? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we, well, I think we gave great points about any other team that you know possibly had the chance, and then we gave kind of our click cut winner. So I think everyone should be happy about it with listening. All right. Do you guys have a, a particular game slash side total? Anything you want to give out to the listeners uh, for the Sweet Sixteen? Since we likely won't be back until I think at least some of it is already started. Um, the one thing I will say is looking at the Duke Syracuse game. Uh, it's actually kind of a low total. It's 133, but I still think it's probably going to go under because Syracuse plays a zone and Duke is actually for like the weirdest thing out of nowhere, decided they want to start playing a zone now too. You got two zone teams going against each other. I think it's going to be a kind of a low scoring game. And I, and I also do think that Duke, uh, will dominate the action. So Syracuse won't be able to score that much. I think it's going to be one of those ones where Duke kind of runs away, wins by like 15, 17 covers easily because Syracuse really can't score and uh it's just a slower kind of one of the it'll be one of the it'll be the one boring game throughout the weekend so I would take that game under nice yep no uh Dave did you want to take over I can uh I just wanted to go with something I I thought was pretty live uh I didn't want to be biased or pick Michigan or Loyola obviously we've given or given 400 points about uh both uh just me actually but uh, I think uh, I think uh, I think a team that um, uh, people kind of slept on coming in because uh, of injuries uh, and you know kind of losing their spot in the Big Twelve was Texas Tech, and I think uh, you know they were one of the best teams uh, rolling before their point guard uh, you know had that crucial injury uh, and then ended up losing the Big Twelve and then uh, you know couldn't really regain any any traction in the tourney the Big Twelve tourney where Kansas won both, uh, but I think these these wins that they had coming out, um, especially the one against Florida. Uh, which I think Florida was kind of like underrated to an extent. Uh, Mike White's a brilliant head coach, and they got great guard play. But I think Texas Tech did a great uh, job down the stretch of not only scoring but guarding the perimeter, which kind of hurts them, hurts anybody against Florida. Uh, which I think Purdue is an incredible uh, perimeter shooting team uh, with Edwards and uh, Matthias shooting a bunch of threes, and no Haas uh, and the, the the ogre too, as I like to call him, not Haas. Uh, he can't really play offense uh, much either. So I think Texas Tech is live to actually win this game and advance to the Elite Eight and uh, really show a lot of people what they were, uh, you know, earlier in the season, um, uh, opposing to what they were later in the season when they were injured. 
Very nice. All right. For me, I'm going with the Zags. I'm laying the five or five and a half, wherever Hey-o. you find it. Yeah, I just Hold think on, that baby. I don't think Florida State, that was uh, a fantastic win against Xavier. And I don't know. For me, the teams that win these games like that, they knock off a number one seed. It's hard to, to get that back up where they need to be to, to match it. And the Zags are just going to come in, I think, and do what they do. So favorite-wise, the Zags would be my play. Dog-wise, I'm with you, Mo. I kind of like Texas Tech. Uh, If Purdue didn't have their guy in the middle hurt and there's talk of him getting some sort of brace and holding off getting surgery where he has to put a pin in his elbow so he can go play is just incredible to me. But he said he's going to delay surgery and they're – they got the engineering department on it at Purdue <laughs> to try to build something for this guy to be able to play. But without we can him, rebuild him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, for him to not play, I watched the game against uh, against Butler, Butler. Man, they don't go inside. They yeah. don't even try. They just heaved enough throws up to for three. And I know you hate the three. Oh, so dude. yeah, Texas Tech is live for sure. I had some Butler plus five and a half. I had to sweat it out because of the three. So you can kind of yeah. see what I was going through before the end of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how'd you feel about the Michigan three? Oh, man. Oh, boy. Oh. Wait, don't flip it. Don't flip it. Don't hey, you got to guard the inbound play? Do not flip it. I mean, you got to guard the inbound guy. He can't move. That's yeah, basic true. elementary school stuff. You put a guy in front of him and just make it hard whether you touch the ball or not. I mean, Griff, give me a voice of reason here. You put your tallest guy in front of him, put your arms up, and keep jumping until he throws the ball, right or wrong. I'm sorry. I saw you uh, tweet it, and I totally disagree with you. What? (laughs) Why? (laughs) I got to hear it. Well, you you have to think with that short of time, it's going to be a long pass. So he's going to be throwing it high in the air regardless. And as soon as the ball gets thrown deep to the other side of the court, that guy who's playing defense is completely out of the play. I think it's always smarter if you know it's it, there's a short amount of time left is the guy who's supposed to be guarding the ball turns around and fronts whoever the closest man to the ball is. Yeah, well, they didn't do that they, either. They, they didn't mean, do that. That's what they should have did. Well, my argument is simple. If it was a great Tom play Brady by Beeline. A, if you it put him a in the pocket, if you, just to go to football so Allen can understand it, If you take Tom Brady and put him in a pocket and put no one in front of him, or you put some guy that weighs 300 pounds and is six foot five and tell him put his arms up, isn't (laughs) it just a little more difficult to complete the pass if the guys' hands are in front of him? No, I mean that's true. That's a great reference. (laughs) How much much time is on the clock? How much time is on the clock? Three seconds. It was three seconds. No, I'm talking about Tom Brady, like in this three scenario. Three seconds. Three seconds. Oh, Same no. thing. Well, three seconds. Well, first of all, it's a terrible reference because Tom Brady makes that throw every time. And two, uh, I was going to side with you, Big Dave, but after that insulting <laughs> comment, Griff is 100% right. I just wanted to bring it to football somehow for you. <laughs> Yeah. I still oh, watch I basketball. Trying. I just watch good <laughs> basketball. You know, the kind that oh, they paid no. $200 million to these guys to play? Yeah, that's the kind I watch. 
But they're not the tanking teams, over, right? Not great. the tanking teams. Oh, well, it's all a business, Big Dave. I mean, come on. <laughs> you, you, if you've been in this game long enough, you know the, that the envelope was cold when the Knicks got Patrick Ewing. So let's not act like this hasn't been going on for a long time. Ice oh, cold. Ice cold. Yep. <laughs> for your youngins, you can Google it. You don't know what he's talking about. But, yeah, it was ice cold. No they're, still trying to, they're still trying to unthaw his hands. <laughs> <laughs> when he touched that envelope, oh, shit. he was never seen again. Oh man! Uh, well, hey, this is a great segue a to get transition. Though. This I is mean, a great segue to get Griff, NBA. Right? Go, go! All right, here we go. Big uh, Griff, uh, what oh, what do you brutal. think about everything that's going on here in the NBA, man? Um, I think it's really interesting. I'm really excited for Portland. Oh, the I way love Portland's it. Playing Agreed. Basketball right now. Honestly, I was telling a guy just recently, I think out of all the, – the whole big thing that's going to happen this offseason is where, where is LeBron going to go? Is he going to stay? Is he going to do this? There's so many different teams. Everybody's saying he might go to the Sixers. He might go to the Lakers, all these different things. My thing is I don't think LeBron will ever go to a team where he won't be the best player on the team. So I don't think he's going to want to go to Houston because James Harden is the best player in the league, and he definitely will be going forward. I don't think he's going to want to go to Philadelphia Hot because I think eventually – uh, Embiid is going to be the, better than him, and even probably Ben Simmons. I thought he was either going to go to San Antonio so he could play with Greg Popovich, and I do. Th- I think that the whole Kawhi Leonard thing, he's either going to end up leaving at the end of the next season, or he's just he's not on the same way up like we thought he would. I think LeBron would still be the captain of that team, but I'm seeing him, and I think he likes what he sees in Portland. They played against Portland recently, and they had an interview with him beforehand. And they were talking. They asked him about what he thought about Damian Lillard feeling unappreciated, unappreciated in the basketball world. Like people don't really talk about him as one of the top players. And LeBron said, "Put him on my team. I'll show you how appreciated he is." And I think that was almost like saying, "Like I like what Portland's doing, and if they can keep this up and show me something in the playoffs, I would seriously consider playing with them." I would love if LeBron went to Portland because that is one of the best NBA fan bases there is. They're super passionate about the Blazers. And, you know, with all the the, the major media is finally giving Damian Lillard some credit. I mean, he's not a tall guy. He's a point guard that can just flat out shoot the ball. He's never really had a whole lot around him. So to just throw a guy like LeBron into a, a lineup of, of quality basketball players but not a whole lot of stars, man, they would be a force, dude. Lillard and LeBron would be nasty. And I actually uh, agree with you. I think, uh, to me, the only the only three places that would make sense are the Blazers, the Spurs, and then I still think there's a part of him that wants to be a Laker because everybody – wants to be a Laker. It's the whole LA lifestyle. I mean, the guy has a house out there. So I think if he goes to the Lakers, he's still the best player. And the crazy thing is, um, Lonzo would become a massive star playing next to LeBron. Cause I think he'd, he'd have 15 assists a game. I think he would be yeah. absolutely like dominant at, at passing. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the going to the Lakers is still an option for him just because the Lakers have looked really, really good these last couple of games. They're they're a team on the rise. I just it's funny to me because Isaiah Thomas is on that team now. And if I was the Lakers, if you don't get LeBron, I would think about seriously keeping him. I think he's actually he's back in the role that he was originally in 
everywhere else except when he was with in Boston and with the best coach in the league. And that's coming off the bench, the six men off the bench, giving you like 19, 20 points a night and being that spark plug. If I was the Lakers, if we don't get LeBron, I'm saying, hey, stick with us, be that guy off the bench, and we will turn you into the Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams type of guy to where you'll still get publicity and people, you'll still get talked up even though you're not a starter, you'll still get paid well. You know, and you'll I, just be the sixth man of the year every year. I think he has too much ego to take that role is the problem. Yeah. But I, I think you're right from a basketball standpoint. I think that makes a ton of sense for them. And then, but if they had to move him in the starting lineup, man, they'd have to have some incredible defenders uh, in the rest of the starting five plus uh, off the bench for the two guards. But um, yeah, I, I think that that's, those are the places it makes sense. Um, but, but getting back to, you know, current basketball, um, you know, my man Russell Westbrook is killing it as always, as he just killed my Raptors in a great game, uh, where I think everybody on the team got thrown out after that foul, non-foul call on DeRozan, which was horrendous. <laughs> oh, um, but he was going to punch him in the face. He oh man, he was so mad. I mean, he's he, he can be kind of <laughs> a hot head with the refs, anyways. But like, I don't think dog, he really that, gets that, tossed. That call very was often. so blatant. That was yeah, an incredible. It was bad. Dog, they slapped him. I mean, yeah, it was bad. And he's at home. If it was in Oklahoma City, I don't think he would have got as mad. But I mean, come on, man! Like you got to get that call at home in the in the in the time sense of what was going on there. But but I get it. I mean, you know, it, it's it happens. Um, I, I wanted to. I wanted to. Who's going to win the East and who's going to win the West? That's oh, all I want to hear from D. Griff right now. Nice. As we're getting down to the end, Griff, give me your two picks: Eastern Conference Finals. Two picks, Western Conference Finals. Well, the way it's shaping up for me right now, the way I see it, I will – because I think Cleveland's going to end up getting the three seed. I think the two best teams are Cleveland and the Raptors. And I actually – I think the Raptors are the best team. So they'll probably end up meeting in the second round. And if they do – I'll tell you what, I really like this Raptors team. They would be like one of my favorite teams if DeRozan wasn't a crybaby. He's a crybaby. <laughs> oh. He's always whining. He's got and mental then, health issues, man. Take it easy. <laughs> and well, how do you know that? He came, out, he came out with an article, man. You better read up. No. no. Oh, I'm going to send that thing to you right now. you got to read it. It's good. you got to read it. I'm gonna read it. I'll read it. All right, but Kyle Lowry is a wannabe tough guy. Like, bro, you're no, you're you're little. Stop. (laughs) You're wannabe tough guy. Other than that, really really like this team. Um, And I would say with the Cavs, eventually LeBron's not gonna make the finals. It's hard to like see because he's been there so many times in a row. And I mean, he dropped a forty point triple double tonight. It's hard to imagine that LeBron won't be there. But eventually, it's going to happen. It has he had a triple to. double. He did have a triple double, huh? Tonight yeah, against the Bucks. Point double tonight. It was incredible. Jesus but Christ. so I can, I, I, I just think Toronto is just a better team all the way around. I like. I would love to see Toronto actually be in the finals. And honestly, I don't think the Warriors are going to make it out of the West. I think their their whole team is hurt. It's going to mess up with their flow when they actually get to the playoffs and everybody comes back. But then you got Russ. I, Clay Thompson is having one of his worst years. I don't. I think mentally with KD coming. And him, KD, and Draymond Green being best friends, and Steph Curry being best friends. Klay Thompson's kind of been left on the outside, and he's always been kind of a loner in that group. But now with KD being there, I really think it's messed with him and his game. I think he's going to want to leave as soon as he becomes a free agent. And with everybody being kind of hurt, I think it's the perfect storm for what the Rockets are doing right now. The Rockets are just, they're off the charts. I don't think anybody can touch them. 
the Thunder look really, really good right now. But if you look at their schedule, they their last seven games or whatever that they've won in a row, it really wasn't against any good teams except for this Toronto game that they just won. And looking at the rest of their schedule, the last 10 games that the Thunder have, nine of them are against playoff teams. Only one game against the Grizzlies, which is their last game, is against a team that's uh, not going to be in the playoffs under 500. So I think you could see the Thunder drop a little bit, lose a couple of those games. And uh, the, the Rockets are just they're, – they're on their way to the top, man. They really are. All right. Well, we got to wrap it up. But great stuff from D. Griff. Uh, I won't give any picks because I'm terrified of the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> I you can ask you can ask Lord Mo how much I hate DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, but I got to ride with my squad. So I hope they can prove me wrong and get it all done. But we'll see. I, I you just can't ever count LeBron out as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, and we will try to get D Griff on here as a regular guy, uh, from time to time, especially so I got to get some NBA in here once this college basketball craps over, but, uh, signing <laughs> off for big Dave, Lord Mo and the returning D Griff. This is a B cash considerations. Vote on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>